We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings. It's a new year, which means it's a brand new New golf season for the Pat Mayo Experience, the Century Tournament of Champions, the first event of the calendar year. It's a super field. We'll get to all of it. You can hit the time codes down in the description to find out everything you want. But I want to let you know to please smash a like to the episode, sub to Mayo Media Network, and download the audio podcast on Spotify or Apple or wherever it is, or download them on them all. I really don't care. Uh, I mean, I would care that you download it. But the more you can download it, the better it is for me. So please help us out. Share it with some friends, too. It's a brand new golf season. I got some reminders for you as well. The DraftKings Listeners League for the TOC is now open. That's down in the description of the video in pod. And, fellas, we need two, and ladies as well, if you're out there. I mean, I am very handsome. Probably have a very high female viewership. Probably not, because I'm talking about fantasy golf and betting on golf. However, down in the description, or if you just go to fantasygolfchampionships.com, Getting the giant one and done. It's 2,000 spots are already full. There's another 2,000 to go. It's $125 for the year. That's like four bucks a week. You can have up to five entries, $50,000 to first place, 35 to second. There's flat payouts all down the line. It's not like... 
there's 100k to first and 5k to second. We didn't want to run a tournament like that. It's filled every single year that we have ran it, and the quicker that we can fill it this year, the larger it will get for next year. So I highly recommend that you go do that now. Feinberg and I did our season preview with the majors. We did the golf draft with all of my favorite pals from around the industry. That's all up on Mayo Media Network right now. But if you screenshot me one of your entries that you've already got for the Fantasy Golf Championships one and done, you're eligible for a draw for another entry on me. And I'm probably going to be giving out more away throughout the course of the week because I'll be with Jeff on Monday, Tambo on Wednesday for golf, plus all the regular football shows that you're used to from the Pat Mayo experience. I'm just really excited to get back talking golf. Uh, It's been, I mean, my winter's been really mild. It was like, well, it's 12 degrees Celsius today. I think that's like 55 Fahrenheit for, you know, New Year's Day. It's not bad. I haven't seen a lick of snow so far. I'm in Canada. You Americans seemingly have it very poor. But where I am, uh, it's, you know, frigid at nighttime. So it's going to be nice to see some of the very warm climates of Hawaii. One of my favorite things. Primetime golf. We have a small field. Let's get to the course because we've seen it every year for the Tournament of Champions since 1999. It's the Plantation Course at Kapalua. This is provided by PGATour.com. This flyover to give you a sense of what the course is looking like. To quote... Saul to Tyrone from Snatch about these fairways. You could land a jumbo fucking jet in there. Uh, No one misses these fairways. It's almost an 80% hit rate on the fairways. The greens are absolutely massive. Uh, When you go back and look at the past champions, uh, you're going to see most of the scores, unless it's really wind-aided, go somewhere between minus 23. I mean, Cam Smith went on the all-time nuclear runs last year. Actually broke up a streak of nine consecutive American players winning this event. So there's two ways you can kind of play this. You can bomb it as far as you want, but most of the par fives are not reachable in two. It's a very low eagle percentage. We'll see that when we get to the scorecard for the course, but I believe it is only hole number, what is it? Hole number five has an eagle rate over 2%. That's it. And since 2010 at Kapalua, four winners of the John Deere Classic have actually won this event. You have Spieth, Zach Johnson, Steve Stricker, and Jonathan Bird. So there's many ways to attack this course, and mainly it's because of these par fives. It's a par 73, which you don't see anywhere else. Uh, 7,596 yards at a bit of elevation on these Bermuda grass, but it's Bermuda on Hawaii. It's not like Bermuda that you're going to see in southern Florida. So don't conflate the two, although they all fall underneath the Bermuda threshold here. You can see when you're looking over the course, there's these little like out of bounds areas. So if you miss there, you're absolutely screwed. But there's enough birdies to go around. The three putt percentage of this course is super high just because these are the largest greens that you're going to see on the PGA Tour all season long. Um, Like I mentioned, the winning score generally gets above minus 20, was above minus 30 last year, which is absolutely insane. And it's essentially, hey, hit your ball to wherever you want, hit your putt to inside 15 feet, make your putt, Go along your way. That's how you're going to score this course. If it really comes down to a lot of around the green work, you're probably not doing all that well. There's sections of the greens were flattened after the 2019 event uh, to expand the choices for the different pin placements in an attempt to make things more difficult on the field. And it worked year one, but there was a lot of wind in year one. So Justin Thomas won at minus 14. Then we saw it the next two years, minus 25 for Harris English. I believe it was minus 32 for Cam Smith. We know Rom got under there. Matt Jones went nuclear as well. I believe he got to 30 under par. So there's different ways that you can go out. So the ones that I would really see, and you can see this on the screen very, very clearly as well, like when you're looking through it, that there's a lot of undulation. You're not going to get any flat lies on this course. So that's very reminiscent of TPC Deer Run and Augusta National and places like that. Obviously different 
types of courses, different sizes of fields, but it's something that you can get used to uh, as a part of this. Riviera is another one that's seen a lot of crossover over the years. Sedgefield and Pebble Beach are two just because of the extreme wedge play that you can really enhance your game here. And really, I mean, if you're just 120 out every single time, you get hot with those clubs, all of a sudden you're doing pretty well when it comes down to it. So uh, that's what I would be looking for at this course. We'll switch on over to fantasynational.com and try to take a look at everything. Actually, you know what? Before we get to that, let's take a look at the weather. I mentioned the weather and how that could be somewhat prohibitive uh, once we start looking at things. But here's a kind of a glance of what we're dealing with for the wind. On Thursday, you're going to have winds. I mean, we're pretty far out right now. If you want to uh, screen grab this or just uh, bookmark it, the Maui Honolulu Bay for on windfinder.com if you're looking for it. But you see a lot of winds on Thursday and Friday up to 16, pretty constant, and then over 20 the next day as it stands right now. Then the weekend is absolutely dead. So your guys have the potential to go very low if this keeps up, lower than you probably would on Thursday or Friday if that's going to be the case as we look at it right now with winds well below 10 miles per hour on the weekend, above 15 and somewhat over 20 on Friday and Thursday uh, would be something to look into. Just, you know, Throwing that out there as something that you can uh, potentially play an advantage on. Who knows when it finally comes down to it. So let's jump over again to fantasynational.com. This is where I'm going to be doing all my walkthroughs all year long. I highly recommend that you become a member and get access to all the tools. Fantasynational.com slash mayo is going to get you 20% off all membership levels. And obviously, as with anything that you buy, the annual membership is better than everything else. Uh, Rory is listed in the DraftKings pricing. That's why I have this sorted right now. But Rory is not in the field. He is skipping this elevated event, which means he can no longer skip any of the other elevated events on the PGA Tour uh, this season. So he is the only man out, which makes it a 39-man field, no cut, Everyone gets all four rounds, to be perfectly honest with you. It's not the most fun tournament on DraftKings when you're dealing with a clear distinction between the very high end and the very low end, and there's no cut. So you're really going to have to get your scrubs right. Like, you needed to have Matt Jones last year, or you're absolutely torched when it came down to it. But uh, at the back end of the field is more of the thing that you're going to have to figure out between the Mackenzie hughes Poston. Might be a look here. Obviously, he's never played in this tournament before, and first-timers don't have a very good success rate uh, at this event. Sung Jae finished top five in his debut two years ago. He actually led the field tee to green that year. Uh, couldn't make a putt to save his life, because if you start getting bad on the three-putt train at this course, it's not going to turn out so well for you. We're going to get the return of Will Zalatoris this week, and we haven't seen him since the FedEx Cup playoffs, where he finally notched his first win. He ended up getting in, but it's hard to really ride any recent form whatsoever because most of these guys haven't played a competitive tournament in almost at least two months. Like, yeah, maybe the Hero World Challenge, which is a hit and giggle. That's about all we can really describe. It's a 14-man field. And then they're playing with their partners in the QBC or they're playing with their brothers or dads or sons uh, and VJ Singh is winning events and the father-son family events so no real competitive golf from what we've seen we did go through a very long stretch and keep this in mind a lot next week for the Sony Open when the one and done starts by the way it will start at the Sony Open next week is that most of the winners of the Sony Open end up having played the week before at this event. Uh, it doesn't always work out, but the majority of the time it does. Like the vast, like 95% of the winners of the Sony Open have played in this tournament as well the week before, regardless of how they have done coming in. So let's take a look back at what has happened at this tournament, or at least what happened last year. Overall, when we take a look at it, 
And we see the best players like Rom has never finished outside of the top 10 in any of the past five years. It's been four in a row for Justin Thomas, including a win. Xander, who I think I'm going to bet this week, to be perfectly honest with you. I like this forum. I always like him in these no-cut events. He sandwiched two kind of crappy performances, T22 and a 12th last year, and then three top fives between that. Cantley has been top five two of the past three years as well. Morikawa never finished worse than T7. It might just be Xander, Morikawa, might pick one more, be on my way as I dip my toe back into the betting waters of the PGA Tour season. But obviously, I'll discuss that all with Mr. Feinberg on Monday's show. And then we have not necessarily a bunch of first-timers, because I believe, I think Mullenix has played in this before. No, Mullenix didn't get his win until last year. Maybe this is all of the first-timers that we can see. Fitz, yeah, I guess Fitz never won on the PGA Tour before. Uh, and now they're allowing anyone who made the FedEx Tour finals to get in. So Fitz, Zalatoris, Cam Young, Tom Kim, Thigala, Straka. I feel like Stallings would have played in this at some point. He just obviously hasn't played in any time in the past five years. Let's see. Century. And uh, we go to tournament. Of, no, that says YouTube. Probably don't want to type that in. Tournament of champion. That's no, the tour championship. Maybe Stallings hasn't played in this. Uh, I, for some reason, I thought Stallings had a win at some point in his career. Maybe he doesn't. That'd be a very, oh yeah, he won the Farmer. So he probably played this in 2015 if we go back and look through it. Thrilling stuff here as I kind of get my sea legs back behind me, try to remember everything that has happened uh, so far in, let's see, he came second at the Farmers and the repeat performance. Yeah, the TO, it's under TOC is how you have to search for it. Sometimes they change up names. It's just the, the way that we get our input data from the source itself. So the TOC, he's played it three times. Never finished better than 13th, but he hasn't played it since 2015 at the same time either. So you can't really worry about what Scott Stallings is up to really when it comes down to it. Hoagie, Svensson, Spawn, Mullenix, List, Ryan Bremen, Captain Ramius, Chad Ramey. Forgot he even won an event last year. He's at min price. How the hell did he play in the swing season? Did not realize Chad Ramey was in this event. Oh, he's had a pretty good swing season with four consecutive missed cuts going into the break. Solid stuff from Chad Ramey. What the, what tournament did he win? Puerto Rico? Oh, Corrales. He won last year. Okay, good for Chad Ramey. You get, get that guaranteed paycheck, pal, and you're going to be good to go. So everyone else has played in the tournament outside of that. You see Connors played in 2020 after his win at the Valero Texas Open. That also got him into the Masters that year. Really kickstarted his entire career. See Billy Ho. Billy Ho's had a really bad run at this tournament in his career. It's really strange to think about. You think a guy who's pretty good with his wedges, a really good putter, would end up doing really well, but that just hasn't been the case. He In his debut in 2014, he came in sixth, and it's all been downhill after that. So maybe he just goes to relax. He knows he's getting his guaranteed paycheck now, and everything is going to be good for him. So kind of take a look back at 2022 and see what we got going on. Obviously, Cam Smith ends up winning, gained in all facets of T to green, uh, as did most players. And then you take a look. I had money on Berger, so obviously he lost four strokes putting, which wasn't the worst of everyone, but the worst of everyone who actually played well. It was, yeah, Cam Smith, Rom, and Matt Jones in an absolute runaway. Then there was the rest of the field. If you didn't have one of those three guys, you were not in contention whatsoever to cash anything last year. Uh, Berger led an approach, then it was Rom, then Vic. Vic is a really interesting one. I kind of like Vic this week uh, as well, but you can see he lost massively around the green. I did say that around the green wasn't important, and I don't think that it is, truly, because you need to be scoring if it's going to be minus 30, but you can really put yourself into a 
huge hole if you're horrendous around the greens, which apparently Victor Hovland, I mean, Hovland cleaned it up for a little bit at points last year. We can take a look at Hovland more in depth, uh, and he couldn't putt to save his life. But, you know, in approach, he was very good. The driving weirdly was not good uh, at the same time either. See, Cam Smith led all players, then Morikawa, Justin Thomas. So it wasn't just the big bombers who came out of the gate and were like, oh yeah, we were not going to miss the fairway. Let's hit it as far as we can. No, positioning, hitting the down slopes, getting yourself to the right spots on the fairway were more important than just pure driving distance. Now, this is the site of where Dustin Johnson almost had the hole in one on the par four. I believe it was hole number three that one year. Probably the best golf shot I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it just that doesn't happen very often. I think that was worth like three three strokes gained on that one shot anyway. Uh, so you can see with Vic, you know, Vic's been fire. And did he end up winning the hero? I think he won the hero as well. That's not uh, actually activated inside any of the uh, any of the metrics because it's not a real tournament, so we didn't really look at it. But you know, when you see where Vic has gotten his win so far, you know, not on mainland, not on mainland, not on mainland. So there's three right there. If he wins in Albany, there's another one that's not on the mainland. He's one over in Europe. So continental United States, not looking good for Victor Hovland. But fortunately, Hawaii, last time I checked, not in the main 50, not on the mainland. So this could go back to back if he decides to play the Sony Open next week. Uh, Justin Thomas had done that for a while, and he did go back to back this tournament, then the Sony Open when he opened with a 59 that year, and then he finally had the breakthrough on, you know, mainland American soil. Then he was off to the races. So Vic could be, I don't know what it is about these island tournaments, but Vic has got a very good feel for them uh, as we go through it. Uh, you can see just strokes gained T to green total. Uh, Rom, Berger, Cam Smith. Uh, no, not Rom's playing, but no Berger, no Cam Smith, no Matt Jones. We got Thomas and Cantley and Morikawa, and then Hideki. Hideki had a really nice run at this tournament over the years, and he's been kind of fallen off a little bit in the past few yeah so he was 41st two years ago but the three times before that third second and fourth uh, it does seem like of course that's primed for Hideki and even when you look at his odds this week they're pretty low uh, and when you take a look at his DraftKings pricing he's 81 he's basically this he's cheaper than Spieth and just a hundred dollars more than Brian Harmon which seems kind of crazy, although Harmon could be in for a nice run here. I don't know what he's ever done at this tournament in his career, but I know he's played the John Deere really well. So that's always a positive. He came third here in 2018. And how did he finish his season? With back-to-back second-place finishes. So expect, I don't know if Brian Harmon's going to be popular or not, to tell you the truth, because there's just a lot of good names around him. Like, why would you take Brian Harmon when you can have Sungjae for $300 more? I think that's going to go through a lot of people's minds. Or maybe not. Maybe people just like Brian Harmon Harmon far more than I did when for, our, for far more than I do we were doing the golf draft to kick off the season uh he went in the second round I was blown away that he's actually a top 25 player in the world that kind of blew my mind but hey here we are so he's a player who can kind of get everything done and it's hard to really track throughout the these are three rounds from the RSM um and I mean the I just want to see his approach do well because we know that he'll eventually start putting pretty well. This The tour championship in the BMW, the putter went cold. That happens. But for his career, he's getting almost a stroke per tournament. We know he's on the better side of putters when it comes down to it on the PGA Tour. So that's really what I wanted to look at for a lot of the history and digging into everything. Now we can get into the modeling and see what we got cooking. I can You, know, you can always play around on Fantasy National. There's more that you can look at. You can always look at the breakdowns of the courses. You can see the 
two, two of the three hardest holes are the first ones, then 17, then it ends with that par five when we had that, what was the year? Xander, Reed, and someone else. It was a three-man playoff, and it just kept going and going and going. I think that happened a few years ago, too. No, it was with Xander. Xander was in that. Yeah, Xander, Reed. Hell, now I can't even remember. I remember I have Patrick Reed, and he ended up losing. I think Thomas ended up winning. Or maybe it was Xander on, like, the fifth playoff, because all they do is repeat number 18. It just vividly sticks out in my mind. Uh, and I thought it was over. Then there was, like, a three-putt. Eh, it all blends together. When you've been doing this for, like, nine straight years of trying to recap tournaments, they all kind of blend into one at a certain point. Like I mentioned before, hole number five is the only one with an eagle rate over 2%. 18 does have 2%. It's a risky shot, though, because you can get yourself short-sided into that marsh, uh, and then you're taking a penalty stroke or you have to play it out of there. I think that happened to Harris English. Harris English ended up winning, but that happened to him either on one of the playoff holes or actually on the 72nd hole when he ended up beating Neiman, when Neiman didn't warm up. Uh, you can see the three-putt percentage. Do we have that here? Yeah, the three putts per round, uh, almost one. I mean, three-quarters of one, 74 per, 0.74 per round versus the tour average of you know, a half. That's a substantial difference, almost a 33% higher rate than your average tour event driving distance is just giant 290 yards at elevations really can't miss the fairway uh, versus you know 282 and then the average green regulation proximity is giant because of these giant greens uh, so keep those three putts out of your mind that's why opportunities gained ends up becoming so important at a tournament like that you just not only do you want to give yourself a lot of makeable putts in a birdie fest very very clearly that's the strategy. You're trying to do that every tournament. However, uh, not leaving like not leaving yourself 72 foot putts downhill where you probably know you're going to three putt. Uh, so not only are you giving up your chances on this hole versus a lot of other ones where guys are making birdies, you're actually giving two shots back to the field because you should be making par and you're not because you weren't able to put yourself in the proper position. So how do I have this save? I got a lot, a lot of models saved here. Is it under Kapalua? No. Is it under Tournament of Champions? Tournament of Champions. Solid. Oh, always like to hear that. Let's take a look at this model and see what it's all about. Strokes gained off the tee, 10% approach, 10%. Opportunities gained. I keep hitting on that, 30% coming in. That's the highest I have weighted of any tournament this season. Par 5s, 10%. Par 4s, 350 to 400 yards at 10%. Proximity, 100 to 125. See a lot from that range, especially on par 5s. That correlates with par 5s, so that's why I don't jack them up even more. 10% for that, par fours gained overall, 10% strokes gained putting, 5%. I don't want like the world's worst putters here, although you know I'm definitely going to bet the world's worst putters because that's actually what ends up happening to me. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. So I have the results sorted over the past 50 rounds, and we'll take a look at how this is. Rory, number one. Unfortunately, he's not playing, so take a hike, pal. Then you have Will Zalatoris. Obviously, I don't like Will Zalatoris at these type of events. I want Zalatoris at Torrey Pines, at Bay Hill, at the U.S. Open, at majors, when scoring conditions become extremely difficult. That's not to say that he can't run a hot putter and win one of these events. His game is too good. We've seen this happen with almost every bad putter in the world that that ends up happening. I just think that his equity is so much higher in events where having to make every eight-foot putt doesn't come into play. Because we know that he's putting a lot from like 22 feet for birdie, even in these t- more difficult tournaments, two putt for par. That's a gain on the field. This is not a gain on the field at the plantation course at Kapalua. So be very wary of that. I mean, we've seen Spieth be a winner here. Uh, if we just take a look at overall putting over that time, you see Burns, Finau. I mean, Finau's pretty live here. And I bet you I haven't seen all of the odds from DraftKings Sportsbook as of yet because they're not out. I did want to throw this one out if you're watching right now, though. Because DraftKings is a sponsor of the Waste Management Open in Phoenix, they have Waste Management odds out. I don't know who I enjoy the most for that event as of yet, but this feels like a wrong pricing for KH Lee at 130 to one. I would, I mean, I don't want to bet you that he's going to be like 50 to one by the time it comes around, but that's like, really, I I would have him like the 65, 70 range, even with the strength of field that we're going to see at this tournament. I think it's a bad number and it's hanging right now. It's been hanging for a while that if you want to go hit it, wouldn't hate it. Wouldn't hate it at all. So we take a look at the ranks. Zalatoris, Xander, Finau, Thomas, Scheffler. Scheffler, if he finishes top three without Rory around, ends up becoming the number one player in the world. Once again, we saw him play excellently at Augusta. Obviously, he won. And again, those weird off-shape lies, he plays those really, really well. Uh, His lack of accuracy off the tee shouldn't be an issue for him. Don't really remember how he ended the season. This is sort of a refresher both for me and for everyone. Oh, good. Yeah, he's good, as it turns out. Uh, A lot of strokes gained around the green at the Houston Open, only a top 10. The putter, I mean, this is what we talked about with Scheffler for years. It's funny that he ascended over that course of time. And maybe it's something I'd like to look into. I did that show with Brandon Gadula last year uh, about is putting predictable and where is putting predictable from and everything like that. And you can see, like, he's been a bad putter. He's had his spike weeks throughout the course of his career. But if you just take a look over his history of tournament, he's a losing putter uh, over the course of his career. But all it took was his regular ball striking and just the putter to get ratcheted up. And all of a sudden, he goes on one of the best runs anyone's ever been on. That doesn't even include the strokes game putting from the Masters, which was positive. 
and winning the match play, which was also positive. And that's kind of crazy to think. This guy just goes on an absolute bender with his putter, just putting the lights out, beating everyone. And you see for the majority of his career, he has his good weeks, but there's a lot of red penciled in there. He had never really harnessed his putter for a six to two months, six week to two month stretch like that before. And obviously he's on the other side of it now. So I would expect him to break back through at some point. You just want to be there when it's there. Unfortunately, uh, he's going to be the highest in the odds market, him or Justin Thomas. So I don't know if you really want to take the plunge on Scheffler at 10 to one in a tournament when you can get some pretty good guys. I mean, you can get Hideki at 33. Does Scheffler have a more than three times chance of beating Hideki in this tournament? I would guess no would be where I would come from. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm just wrong about that. I need to adjust my betting style this year uh, as anyone who followed along with me last year can attest. Did not go well. So, well, maybe I stick to it. Maybe I start attacking the top of the board more because that's what we ended up seeing. Or maybe, you know, the amount of seconds that I had. I had 13 second place finishers last year. You know, half those win. I have one of the best years I've ever had. If a quarter of them win, I still have a pretty big winning year. And then I'm not talking about it. So maybe I don't need to change the process all that much. I just need to get a bit luckier uh, when it comes down to these final day events. Uh, Digging down, who's the worst? Uh, Brem, Straka. This is going to be the hardest part of the week, to be perfectly honest with you, is trying to figure out who are the guys from the bottom end that we can take. You see, Poston's been very good. He's a good putter. He's very good at par five scoring for some reason. I assume that has a lot to do with the putter going through with it. But other than that, like Scott's down here. I mean, Thigal is just going to be very popular in general. I don't know how well that's going to turn out. I mean, Mullenix has been playing some pretty good golf. He's just one spot behind Victor Hovland in the stat power rankings. Now, obviously, we all like Victor Hovland a little bit more than Trey Mullenix, but at $6,200, he's a big hitter. He is one of the few that is going to be able to get to some of these par fives and two. Maybe things break his way a little bit. List is very much in that same territory as well, but when you look at the opportunities gained, well, the approach play hasn't been great for Mullenix. When he hits it close, he hits it pretty close. Top 10 in the field over the past 50 rounds. So just trying to find a few out outliers here like Seamus Power comes in on an incredible run right now I think he's top 10 each of his past four tournaments including a win which is pretty good luck yeah top five the past three official events with a win in Bermuda I mean, he plays the par fours really well. You can see the putter's been above average for this tournament. And his wedge play, 100 from 125, is really good. Like, that's going to be very important here this week. As I pointed out, Hoagie, Thomas, Henley, Reavy, Spieth, top five in that proximity range over the past 50. Then you got Xander, Burns, Svensson, Matsuyama, and Kamyong Horschel and Seamus Power tied for 10th in that range. Let's shrink down the sample size, to see if that can tell us a little bit more about what's going on, or maybe try to find some outliers or some recent form coming in, because a lot of the events of the swing season didn't have shot link. So what are we really going to do with those numbers from the Butterfield Bermuda? Clearly, Seamus Power played well. How well did he play by the metrics? That's a bit more difficult to figure out. So let's kind of go through each of them. Let's take a look again. We sort by rank. It's still Rory. It's still most of the same names, except Tom Kim and Tom Hoagie take a massively leap up. The model is going to love, regardless of what you run, Tom Hoagie this week. It's going to like Seamus Power as well, especially Tom Hoagie because of the price point. He could be bad chalk here. Just pointing that out, um, 
if you in a tournament like this, especially on DraftKings, you're going to want to leave money on the table. But you really don't want to glom on to the super popular six thousand dollar player that's going to be like you know thirty nine man field. That could be like thirty percent if everyone gets on that same player. And just take a look at the power rankings. Just look at these prices. There's one guy in the six thousands until you get down to Mullinix, who's number eleven. So I mean, probably even those two guys. If you want to cross them off and roll your dice on someone else, their odds aren't significantly better. Like JJ Spawn is sixty three hundred. I don't love JJ Spawn. I actually like him less than the other two but if my hunch is right and he's like one third their ownership or one half their ownership he just becomes inherently a better play from down in that range if you want to go down to the $6,300 spot uh, it's coastal course so you get Aaron Wise I forget how Aaron Wise after he won at Trinity Forest how he ended up doing in this tournament now he's 27 so not great Bob or not great Aaron he did get his teeth fixed according to David Barnett so if he does win this tournament expect his girlfriend to make out with him on the course not getting stood up this time are you Aaron good for you take that money do what you want with it proximity range 100 to 125 Hoagie is now number one uh, when we sort by past 24, Rory jumps, but obviously he's out, as mentioned. Henley, Reeves, the same names there, Thomas and Spieth. Sheamus, Hideki, Horschel, Burns, Cam Young, Will Zalatoris. You see Xander drop down. He was 30s, 14th in the shorter term, but is kind of enhanced everywhere else across the board. And that's what makes him the number four overall. Luke Less still very good from that range. Svensson and Keegan Bradley, also very good from that range. So that's worth noting uh, once you start digging down a little bit more into the pricing of how do you fill out your rest? Because essentially, you're just going to have to take a crapshoot at the top to pick your three guys that you want to go with, build all your lineups around them, and maybe try to mix and match the middle, unless you have a very good feel for the middle, which I don't, obviously, at the moment, uh, as I'm trying to talk through this with all of you. Maybe you built, maybe there's like one $6,000 and two $7,000 players you're absolutely in love with. We'll lock those guys in and mix and match at the top where there's a bit more volatility. Um, and you can really kind of spread your exposure around, but knowing that those are your three core plays, hopefully that all works out for you really well. I'm shocked Tom Kim. I mean, Tom Kim's all the way down. It's funny that he's not great from this 100 to 125 range, but he's immaculate at everything else. First in approach, fifth in opportunities gain, third 300 to 400 yard, 350 to 400 yard par fours. Everything's been looking pretty good for him. And you can see an overall approach, Tom Kim, Tom Hoagie, the Toms at the top. It's like Tom Toms. Like you're watching Vanderpump Rules. You want to go to a restaurant? No, you're on Fantasy National looking at the best approach players. You still got Tom Tom coming through for you. Will Zalatoris, Morikawa. God, I love Morikawa. I hope he rebounds this year. Learn how to putt, pal. If I hope your New Year's resolution is I'm going to be a better putter. If that's the case, you're going to win six times this year. Fino, Harmon, Xander, Rory, Mullinix, and Corey Connors. I hate that I'm talking myself into Brian Harmon. That is... Just disaster for my bank account. Everyone knows this. Everyone who's ever bet on Brian Harmon knows this. It's not always the most fun in the world. But there's four mini holes. That's why I threw in the 350 to 400, by the way. Cam Young does really well on these. Rom, Tom Kim, Will Zalatoris, and Xander. Xander Morikawa Finau. Maybe that's the look I can give. People talk themselves into Henley. I'm never a Henley guy. Fuck, Harmon's up there as well inside the top 10. Whoa! Take my money now. Should I just donate the money to one of you people who's watching or listening to this? Maybe that's the free entry. Instead of betting on uh, Brian Harmon this week, I'll send one of you 125 bucks. You can play in the Fantasy Golf Championships for free. Ugh, that's tough. 
hopefully you have enjoyed the walkthrough of the tournament of champions the century tournament of champions for 2023 i hope you can hear it in my voice i'm really happy golf is back i get pretty worn out towards the end of golf season that's why i stopped doing so many of the swing season shows like i got really pumped for football but now we're at the end of football and it's like whoo doing four straight months of shows on this seven days a week. It's nice to be able to talk about something different. So I hope you're super pumped to get back into golf. Want to hear from you? You can leave in the comment section, reach out to me on Twitter, smash the like, sub to the channel, sub to the podcast, all that fun stuff. But the two most important things, well, three, really, play in the Listener's League on DraftKings. Let's fill that right away. Uh, It's down in the description. There's no rake. It's the best golf tournament on DraftKings. The best tournament, hell, on DraftKings, period. And guess who won the last one that we had? It was me, and it made my fantasy golf season and my betting season really ended up for the year because I won my own event for five grand. That's great. Hopefully, uh, I win it this week, but if I don't, I hope that you guys can win it on your own. That would be nice. Uh, It's a great tournament. It's just, we're all playing against each other. We're not giving any of the money to DraftKings. It all stays in the ecosystem. So I highly recommend that you do that. Uh, Additionally, the Fantasy Golf Championships won and done. That link is down in the description. You can have up to five entries, but if you have at least one entry, screenshot it, tweet it to me at the PME, and you're in the draw for a free entry. I'll have more giveaways. I'll probably talk about that on Monday's show with Jeff. And those are the three things that you need to do. All right. Thank you so much for watching. Let's get back in to fantasy golf season. All right. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time.